2: What up, Fightful fam, and welcome to One Two Punch. Player one, Shaquille Madjuri. Player two, Fernanda Pitbull Pratches, because every Brazilian person with or without a P in their name has to have the nickname Pitbull. How are you?
3: I'm good. How are you? I, I mean, I actually like it because I think with the Pratches, like, mm-hmm. I like the alliteration. So even though I'm firmly against the very generic nicknames, I'll take this one because I do think like that it goes with the general persona and
2: name yeah i'll Hi. be i'll be honest i try and put way too much thought into these next names, and like about a 10 minutes i'm like oh no <laughs> i totally forgot um but thank you for joining me on a scale of like one to ten how close was i on that last name
3: uh that was a solid eight, eight. yeah i'll take really an good. eight i'll take an yeah. eight
2: it's it's the iranian and uh, for I know first how time? To roll my r's yes <laughs> okay so uh let's jump right to it welcome guys this is one two punch if you are a regular viewer of the show thank you for being here as always For those new to the program, let's just give a quick rundown of how this works. It's news talk on a win-lose-draw system. That means we're going to sign the week's biggest winners and losers before doing a preview for UFC 254. And just a disclaimer, you know, winners and losers doesn't necessarily mean who won a fight or who lost a fight. It's basically just whose stock went up, whose stock went down. Without further ado, let me hit this intro and we will get right to it. okay as always guys uh please engage with us in the live chat i see who i imagine to be sean rasap already tuning in he says the nickname like that fernando will be headlining at least seven bellator (laughs) events very possible i mean the
3: 145 division is like wide open and i think i can make that with (laughs) with a little bit of uh yeah a little bit of dehydration so bellator ufc i'm here i'm available already nickname so you know yeah ready to go
2: love it so guys please engage us in the live chat we'll get to your comments and questions if you're feeling oh so generous on this gloomy friday in vancouver canada a little uh super chat donation might warm my heart up of course you're under no obligation uh please subscribe hit the notification bell tap like these all go such long ways helping the channel grow you guys have been doing a tremendous job and i can't tell you how much we appreciate it that's enough of me being a soft soft person let's get to the action uh and Fernando, let me just start with this. Biggest winners of the week. We're gonna get to it. Uh I actually want to go the opposite way. Start with our losers because our winners kind of tie into 254. Um Connor McGregor and Leon Edwards, these guys have had rough, rough weeks and months. And you know, you might say, Well, guys, Connor McGregor, Connor McGregor is en route to a fight with Dustin Poirier. It's gonna do huge numbers. What's the issue? The issue for me is not so much that Connor's not going to return, not going to fight. It's that, if anything, I think what the Connor dustin situation and what the Edwards getting booted from the rankings has shown us is that fighters have absolutely no leverage against the UFC, no matter who you are. Connor wanted it in 2020, the Dustin Poirier fight, didn't get it. He wanted it in Texas, not happening. Uh, Coach John Kavanaugh says he wanted a welterweight. Dana shuts him down at every turn, and yet we seem to sort of be on track to this fight. Has Conor McGregor lost any and all pull he has ever since UFC signed the ESPN deal?
3: I wouldn't say any. uh, First of all, it's interesting because... Well, you did mention that you were going to bring up Conor McGregor and the losers of the week. And immediately I was like, what the hell did he do this week? Like <laughs> scrolling through his <laughs> so, <laughs> I lost track. <laughs> oh man, that's he punch some other person. Like I'm just lost in this situation. Uh, but I was sure you were going to explain it to me. And I uh, am there with your reasoning. I, I wouldn't go so far as to say any and all pool, because I think the UFC sort of, um, dug themselves into a grave a little bit with him, right? Like I think it's changing, but for a couple of years there, like he was basically, they were depositing all hope on him yeah. and their own lack of sort of foresight, I think, in terms of creating new stars led them to a situation where they were resting too much on him. He realized it, So I don't, I don't think that's something that the OC can undo. Like he's still the way I see it, his biggest mainstream star, um, but and I, I mean mainstream in terms of every, anybody on the streets knows him because you talk about you know israel the sign-in i think he's on his way also toward becoming one of those breakout stars but i just don't think that anybody's quite there in terms of just the pay-per-views that Connor's gonna bring like dana said that they were trending toward uh this pay-per-view overcoming the uh habib and 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 uh connor pay-per-view which i don't know that i believe i'll have to see it to believe it uh far be it from me to doubt the words of dana white but um so i don't think that he ha- has lost any any and all pull though. i do think that he still has some negotiating power but um he hasn't done his <laughs> image a lot of favors outside yeah. the cage uh, and he hasn't been very active inside of it either. And I think the UFC had to sort of get creative uh, because he made him, he forced their hand to that sense too, by not being this avail- all that available and all that active. So yeah, he doesn't have as much leverage as before for sure, but I don't think he lost all of it
2: okay fair enough now uh let's also touch on leon edwards rough week for that man and uh i discussed this with i can't remember who someone on a recent episode but you know leon edwards has kept holding out for a big win wait 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 we can't continue without addressing the (laughs) utter mug can you please give me the backstory to this mug
3: (laughs) the backstory to this mug is actually very simple i was at bad bath and beyond which doesn't exist in brazil Oh. But, I'm in Mexico right now, and they have it, so it was Christmas, basically. I was a child lost in that store, and I came across this the Holy grail of mugs, and under the little nipples I don't know how you call that for cows it is is it still nipples um there's like this little support thingy, and it doesn't it's great, so like it doesn't slip, yeah, it's amazing, it's the perfect
2: mug. That's that's incredible. I was telling you about the one I got for my girlfriend, which is tremendous. I'll have to actually, you have to actually like see it to believe it, though. And a quick shout out from <laughs> Joe Pearl, East Coast Canada in Toronto. It's nice and sunny here. I'm happy for you, Joe. But remember, you guys have like snow and ice basically through March. So I count myself lucky with the rain. Uh, sorry, I got totally sidetracked here. Leon Edwards. Uh, he had been holding out for the fight against you know Jorge Masvidal, Colby Covington, Gilbert Burns um Kamar Usman someone of that caliber and he held out so long that the UFC has now removed him from the rankings for inactivity first and foremost do you think it was a reasonable move on the UFC's part
3: no but like are we expecting reasonable at this point (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like do we have those expectations because i don't it was a predictable move which is entirely different from <laughs> reasonable so i wouldn't say it was reasonable i mean we've had i i haven't stopped to do the math but i'm pretty sure we've had much more inactive fighters that stayed in the this rankings. so it did to me come across and i can't tell for sure uh but it did seem to me like sort of a power move or a way to sort of force his hand to take whatever fight that they want to give them right now
2: agreed and i think someone had mentioned to me that tatiana suarez was at one point removed for inactivity so you know i don't think it's completely black and white i think if you got someone of connor's star power they're always going to keep him in the rankings just for the sake of being able to not that it's kind of meaningless on all ends but i guess for the casual fan it's nice to see that number next to someone's name it tells a bit of a story if you're unfamiliar with the product uh leon technically has been inactive for since about March 2019 and had turned down all the fights offered to him so I would agree with you it's a hundred percent a power move on the UFC's part to try and sort of mitigate what sort of leverage he has Uh, but the truth is also that he did turn down all the fights offered to him some were unreasonable fights you know fighting Hamza Shemaev who's unranked doesn't make sense for the number three guy in the world uh, fighting Kamar Usman on a very short notice mm-hmm. while you're locked down in London. Also can't really pin that on him. I will say, though, I do not agree with Leon Edwards turning down the Stephen Wonderboy Thompson fight. I've talked about this ad nauseum, but there's so many reasons that fight makes sense. One, it's number three versus number five. Two, while Leon, Leon claimed that Wonderboy's recent loss to Pettis was the reason that Wonderboy doesn't deserve it, I don't really think that Leon Edwards' wins have aged super well. Now, at the time, beating Donald Cowboy Cerrone, who came off a Yancey Madero win and then went on a three-fight winning streak, that's impressive. Beating Rafael Dos Sanjos, who had bounced back with a win over Kevin Lee after losing to Usman and Covington, no shame there, impressive. But in the time he fought those guys, it was the three wins were Donald Cerrone, Gunnar Nelson, Rafael Dos Anjos. Gunnar Nelson lost a subsequent fight and hasn't been seen since. Cowboy has gone on the worst skit of his career, and Half Aldo Sanjos has fought only one more time and lost to Michael Chiesa. So those fights, I don't think, mean as much now as they did a year and a half ago. And I think Leon Edwards is thinking a little too highly of himself to turn down Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. What do you think?
3: I agree with you, because I, I even after he turned out that fight, I joked, I posted a, a GIF of, like, everyone to Leon Edwards, mm-hmm. let me help you. <laughs> because at that point we were all like so and and I totally agree with you, uh, too, that back then that 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 streak was so sounded so meaningful, mm-hmm. right? And it felt, I think, for so many of us like such a big injustice. And we were all very much like on the Leon Edwards train, like he deserves this, like just because he's quiet and he's not out there making a lot of noise, like he's sort of being overlooked, this is not fair. It did it did seem a little unfair. I think the way he was being treated and still is in a way, but uh, you know, like you said, I don't think that the fight with Chimaev, I don't know even if I'm saying his name right, but like, I don't think it makes sense for any ranked fighter. Like how are we collectively going to push for a person who has, you know, put together an enormous streak that may or may not be that impactful at the moment, but it's full of veterans and Mm -hmm. somebody who is up there to fight a guy who has three fights in the UFC. Sure, we love F, but he just got here. Like, he doesn't even go here. Like, he literally has been there for three fights. So we can't expect that. But the, the, the Stephen Wonderboy Thompson fight, that was, I just thought that it was just a weird move because he kind of painted himself into a corner there. Like, if that's not the fight that he's going to take, he's going to take, which is a visible fight at least. Like, people like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Mm-hmm. So It just doesn't make any sense to me because what are you thinking you're going to get at this point? Like you're not going to get Usman. I think he was, and then he was pushing for uh, Gilbert Burns and Burns. He is also not dumb. He doesn't want that fight. He feels like he has the title shot. So why is he going to fight Edwards? So yeah, all of this to say that I'm in agreement. I think that the wonder boy Thompson would have been just a, a good fight for him right now. And I think, you know, imagine if after all of this he ends up getting his uh, hand forced to fight Shimaev.
2: Yeah, oh, that's gonna be. Scary. And it, it was weird because Leon Edwards in his tweet, sort of reacting to being removed from the rankings, kind of hollered at Shimaev as if he was ready to accept it. So I don't really understand, like, if was <laughs> that all it took? If you're gonna, if you're gonna go this far to. Not take that fight is a number next to your name being removed going to be the breaking point. I I like shout out to Paradigm Sports, great management company, takes good care of their athletes. Um, has found a lot of success. I don't know who exactly is in Leon Edwards's ear in terms of career advice, but something's got to change because it's not going well for him right now. Now, do you have before we move on to the winners of the week? Are there any losers that you wanted to highlight?
3: I mean, um, I think, not sure if we call it lose. It seems silly, but that was the whole Mike Perry situation that was one of the heavy yeah. topics of the week that we can't just, like, go into it, I think, because it's such a delicate situation. But, um, and I, yeah, wanna, I would want to give it more time
2: than we can on this format. Too.
3: Yeah, than we can today. But just uh, as a general acknowledgement uh, that his ex-wife, Danielle Nickerson... Um, came out to MMA Junkie, um, accusing him of having physically abused her, assaulted her in the past. And uh, yeah, that was obviously to me big, the week's like sort of big news. So I just kind of felt like it had to be acknowledged. Uh, but like I said, it's like, we're not going to be able to discuss this very difficult subject in five minutes. But the interview is there, like it was a really thorough interview. And I think Simon Samano, the uh, mma junk editor work. and uh, who ended up being the reporter of the story did like very good work and um just you know really um when you know confirmed with friends saw pictures like the whole thing like he did a it thorough was good reporting process
2: yeah. it's yeah. something I, so, I i don't know if it's because we don't get much real reporting in mma but like the people coming out okay. saying oh you paid her for this yada yada like this was about as down-to-the-wire no- down fact-based reporting, as you've seen in MMA. So the, the, the vocal minority of people sort of calling foul play on this just kind of blows my mind. Um, and I actually, on that note, I have two fighters. I've, I've only ever had, like, two bad interactions with fighters. One uh, was Joe Schilling during, like, a pre-fight uh, phoner uh and i just got really? the sense joe doesn't love doing media so totally get it yeah like i got love... that
3: too when i interviewed him
2: yeah he did not <laughs> love me asking about cowboy um so fair play fair play and the other is K- ko kid keith berry i don't really want to get i don't want to make it about me or get much time a day but he was one person who sort of retweeted that mike perry article and said she's uh you know daniel nickerson is starved for attention You know chose to be with him yada yada we don't need to get into the politics right now craziness but i i tweeted at him calling him a scumbag and now he's apparently on the lookout for me to uh give me my so i hope i never run into keith barry because you know he called me a keyboard warrior and i kept the conversation brief just because i know in my heart that you're a scumbag does not mean that you won't beat the living crap out of me i completely believe that (laughs) ko kid keith (laughs) barry Would destroy me, as would any other MMA fighter. <laughs> uh, but doesn't change the fact. These facts. are not
3: mutually exclusive. Yeah, concepts. exactly.
2: Um, but I don't know why. Okay, I'm now check
3: this appears. You heard it here yes, first. Yes, if I disappear, we know what happened. Please
2: go look for Keith Barry. Uh, and Sam wants to know, chiming in, are you gonna stream the fight? If you mean, am I going to illegally play the fu- UFC? Play UFC 254. <laughs> if you're talking about Keith Barry and I, I will definitely stream him murdering me (laughs) if i have the option to make a few bucks for fightful off of it i will definitely do that if you mean ufc 254 i don't think we can but we are exploring the possibility of doing some sort of fightful companion show to uh pay-per-view events moving forward we've got a big online community on our website who gets together in a discus channel and you know interacts with about the fight so i think it'd be nice to like come up with some sort of video audio component look out for that Uh, Okay, Nanda, let's move on to the big winners of the week. Now, I was kind of looking back and trying to think last seven days. Obviously, Brian Ortega, tremendous outing for him, really put together the missing pieces in his game. But since UFC 254 is such a big card, I kind of wanted to focus there. And so I guess my big winners are Habib and Justin Gaethje, even pre-fight. This is so monumental. Like, there's so much riding on this fight. Obviously, Habib is going for the legacy. Justin Gaethje is the best form of his career. But uh, is this one of those fights that you think, at least going into it, is going to stand the test of time?
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the few fights that require no drama, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we don't, we didn't need them to be any louder than they normally are we didn't like the lead up to it has been so tame like so tame and still it's and by the way if you're hearing music uh as i told you i'm in mexico and there are people in the streets with musical instruments that i don't necessarily recognize so that might be the thing you're hearing (laughs) at the moment uh it's culture appreciate it but um going back i guess yeah, it's just one of those fights that just really speak for themselves. And I think that, you know, even with the big hype fights like Conor and stuff, I feel like Habib was such a stylistically challenging opponent for Conor that even if we were looking forward to that fight for many reasons, like I feel like there was still that idea that Habib was a big favorite, like that that, that matchup just really favored him. And, you know, I just feel like, for the first time in a while, I think. Uh, and it, this might just be like revisionist history or just the fact that we stand to latch on the most recent memories. But I do feel like this feels like a challenging fight for mm-hmm. Habib. This feels like just a stylistically interesting fight. This feels like one that we're not necessarily rushing to be Habib. I mean, I am still picking him, but I'm intrigued. Um, yeah, so it's just like it, it stood up on its own like it didn't really need anything else and I think right now especially with how busy like having fights every week and you know the world falling apart and everything like just to capture our attention just simply by being in a fight that's Mm -hmm. a big achievement
2: agreed and I, I anytime Habib and Justin come up I have to mention that I've been calling Gaethje the biggest threat to Habib for like three years now And that was before he had this huge revolution. And I'm sure the regular listeners are going to stop listening to me because I keep patting myself (laughs) on the back for this. But if Justin Gaethje wins, I will never let down how right I was (laughs) about this one thing because I'm wrong just about every other time in MMA. I'll allow
3: it. Yeah, This is me formally allowing you to rub it in our faces. I will even RT it and make sure that everybody knows. Thank
2: you. That's the kind of support I'm looking for. Quick shout out to... (laughs) The man with the best mustache in MMA media, Drake Riggs, checking it out. He says, I think he he thinks I could take Keith Berry so long as I uh, utilize the Caleb Starnes game plan and take him to a decision. Drake, I cannot tell you how quickly Keith Berry would murder me. Like that man has no chin, but I can't punch. I can barely grapple. So I appreciate it. Uh, I would love to know, though, because it seems like most of, you know, I, I know a lot of people in media got kind of butt hurt when Dana White called us all, you know, dweebs, losers, Wimps. nerds who could you know, <laughs> never hold a candle to any fighter in any situation, which is mostly true. But uh, I wasn't really offended by it. And I think as someone who's been training <laughs> Brazilian jiu-jitsu for years and has done a little bit of boxing, um, but I saw a lot of my colleagues who trade get really offended by that remark. And I'm just like don't let them get to you but i think fans don't realize how many people in the industry do train to various degrees some of whom train with active fighters so yeah there's... that oh. is
3: true i joked about the 145 but i have been doing muay thai for 10 years i'm a blue belt so who knows let's just get enough support i would love and then an maybe, maybe i'll go prove Dana know i wrong
2: yes i would love an mma <laughs> media fight night um Also, I'm glad I introduced, you know, thank you guys for coping with any sort of tech difficulties, but I've been trying to introduce, you know, a one shot and two shot. And while the camera was on you, I somehow managed to spill my coffee on me, the microphone, (laughs) the keyboard, just a little bit, but I got a good splatter going. Oh,
0: man. And so I will use
2: this interlude to also note the scratch on my face. I I told Nanda I was going to talk about it right off the front so you guys could stop looking at it. Jagged fingernail jujitsu. It happens. Shout out to Zach, who says he would love to see Justin win, but he'll likely be decimated. That's a really good note to segue on, because I want to talk about the sentimental favorites going into UFC 254. But before we do, reminder, guys, hit subscribe. It does a lot for us. Like, notification bell. And uh, this is a really dirty move by me, but I'm going to a funeral right after this. So maybe a little super chat donation (laughs) could warm up my heart.
3: <laughs> that is terrible oh my god what okay. have i signed okay. myself to, up for i'm going to
2: support a friend it's not it's not a funeral for anyone in my family and i'm just kidding guys I need to donate
3: oh so to that. that makes it
1: okay i know
2: i it's it's the <laughs> mma game it's a dirty business you use what you can to get ahead donate to the super oh, chat i am so sorry guys <laughs> all right uh let's get to it ufc 254 preview second last thing on our agenda today uh these are the fights that i get most anxious about And this Habib versus Justin Gaethje fight reminds me of Cormier versus Mia The reason is I know who I want to win, like as a fan, who I want to win. And that's Justin Gaethje. But at the same time, I don't want to take away Habib's perfect record. He's so close to achieving 30-0, getting that last super fight and calling it a career should he decide to do so. Uh, you know, after the death of his father. Like, there's so many, this is such a story-rich fight, right? And it doesn't, it's not predicated on drama. It's predicated on what Justin and Habib have been able to achieve in their professional, personal lives. So, like, I want Justin to win, but I also want Habib to win. And I wanted Mijicic to win because he's one of my favorite fighters, but I wanted Daniel Cormier to retire victorious. For you personally, obviously this is going to differ person to person, who is your sentimental favorite?
3: That is like a really good question because I was talking about this with my boyfriend yesterday. We were watching the Embedded's. and I was just saying like that I just, I can't explain why. Like You know, for people who are not familiar with me, I'm that person who is always like, I don't stick to sports. <laughs> if a person is problematic, I will stop liking them for the most part. And uh, Gaethje and Habib both have problematic things happening so i think that evens itself out get you didn't and then the trump think let's not not go into it but then when he showed up with trump i was like mm. but uh taking away all of that like i just i find myself um i'm kind of like you in that i think that justin becoming a ufc champion um
5: Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.
3: To the point, yes. past that fighter that yes. a lot of people dismiss them as, you know, becoming UFC champion. Like he took his parents there, like they're traveling internationally for the first time. And, you know, like it's a, it's, it would be a, like a, just a, such a good quintessential MMA story for mm-hmm. just engaging to become a champion that. I do find it very alluring like just as a from a storytelling point of view but at the same time like I just can't bring myself to not want Habib to win and I kind of think that part of it is just nostalgia like as an MMA fan I've gotten so used to seeing Habib win that it's become sort of like part of my core as a person like I don't know how everything's changing so fast I need to keep this one thing and I just I'm like you said like I think with the passing up his father and uh honestly like khabib to me just comes across as a genuine person mm-hmm. like even in interviews and stuff he doesn't say a lot but when he says a thing like it seems like he means yeah. it like i don't want to talk about this okay rude but you know fair <laughs> uh
2: sorry to I'll, interrupt sorry, did you see him playing pool with the guy from bt Sport? There no, is such I did a good not. BT Sport kills it. They're the ones who did the uh animate the little animation celebrating Habib's mm-hmm. journey with his uh, late father. The guy, I'm sorry, I don't know his name. But the guy from BT Sport did an interview with Habib, and they played pool or billiards while they did it. So, and Habib, he wouldn't use the cue ball. He'd like hit the eight into the four, and obviously, no one's gonna <laughs> tell him otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> it was fascinating that's not so, how pool yeah. works Habib. Habib, great great ufc fighter mma fighter not such a great pool player uh, but sorry to cut Happens.
3: you off no no it's uh that adds to the whole a beep thing i mean i'm a bad pole player and fighter so i mean he's already got that on me so good on you i'm sure that's the positive reinforcement you needed today uh so i kind of want to root for justin but if i'm going to be really honest with myself and everyone habib is probably my in my heart of hearts Mm -hmm. my sentimental favorite
2: yeah that is fair uh thank you guys for being so active in the live chat today again it lets me know that everything's running smoothly you soothe my paranoid brain and heart um (laughs) zach wants to note the wwe undisputed title in the background yes and i am working on building a bit of like a mobile set that i can roll in behind me with shelves and stuff so I'm looking forward to proudly displaying everything in my collection instead of like half a UFC poster behind me, a corner of a title belt, and like the handles of some katanas over here. It's a work in progress. We're gonna get there. Let's move I on. I like to- it though. Yeah.
3: I think it's minimalistic. Like, yeah. Aaron Bronsteder from
2: TSN keeps ragging on me about it though, and I am <laughs> too much of a wimp to not take that as good via. Plus, I trust. Yes, and Aaron Bronsted are with my life when it comes to MMA media. So I take his words very seriously. And don't worry, Aaron. It's on, the, it's on its way. Patience. Patience is key. Now, okay, let's touch on point number two here. Robert Whitaker versus Jen. Oh, thank you for liking the overlay graphics, Sound of Violence. Uh, that is all our graphics team. I have no artistic vision, so I tell them what <laughs> I kind of want, and then they absolutely blow me away with everything that they do. I'm more of a copy and paste kind of guy myself. Now, point number two. This one is kind of intriguing to me. Robert Whitaker versus Jared Cannonier. Obviously, Robert Whitaker, he came off that very one-sided loss to uh, Israel Adesanya for his middleweight title. Bounces back in an impressive but close fight against Darren Till and now has the chance to turn away the rising supernova inter stellar soul creature that is jared cannonier it's been very interesting getting to see what he's like during this ufc 254 build-up if robert whitaker wins, so we know we know for a fact if jared cannonier wins he is getting the next ufc middleweight title shot israel and ufc president dana white have not necessarily said the same about robert whitaker do you think with a win over jared cannonier he gets the title shot Is it dependent on how the fight goes? Um, And if not him, who?
3: I think it is dependent on how the fight goes because of the next question, if not who. Like, I think you could maybe make a case for, say, Hermansen if he beats still Mm -hmm. because he would be on a two-fight winning streak. But then at the same time, he lost very decisively to Jared. So, you know, like, you can't... Personally, as a big irrational Jack Hermanson fan, I just love the man. I just think he's amazing. Yo, I, I have probably love Jack Hermanson fan. so much. Oh, really?
2: He is I probably one it. of my favorite fighters he like I love <laughs> using the Joker team when I interviewed him off the record. I'm like, hey, can you like please tell me how to make this work? Jack's awesome. And he's so nice. <laughs> he is such a nice guy.
3: Yeah, I've only interviewed him like in person once when because he fought in Brazil a couple of times and he was super nice but my boyfriend mocks me all the time because it's like you're probably the only person in in the universe rooting for a jack hermanson title shot so take that boyfriend am not but uh returning to the one who
2: he's the one who set up this (laughs) lovely camera and mic situation for you yeah and
3: his his background that's all him and it makes me sound sophisticated and well read but um i think that whitaker you know, he would have a better claim, uh, even though, like you said, that's the thing, right? That's the thing that I think turns a lot of people off. We were expecting this amazing battle with Adesanya, and we didn't get it. But we also know he was, like, dealing with a bunch of issues. Mm-hmm. Um And then, obviously, he had that performance with Till. And I think, you know, you can argue both ways. Like, people will those who don't think that he should be getting a title shot say, well, we just saw him fight at the sunny and we saw how that went. So what is there to be gained from a rematch here? Like, why would I want to watch that fight? But at the same time, it's kind of like, he's the ex-champion. He's the guy who's fought the top the entire time. Like if he does, he's not fighting the champion in the very top, who else is he fighting? And if he beats Kananir, uh, and that's when I think the how comes in, like, I feel like if it's a close fight, people might still want to argue against it but if he does it decisively against a guy who has been on a streak of his own and who i don't even know like now what the lines look like but last i checked they were pretty close mm-hmm. but like who people actually believe can beat whitaker yeah. like i don't I know Honestly, it's just a complicated underdog, situation. at one
2: point or it was a pick
3: yeah i think it was close i was listening what was it, dan tom's podcast mm-hmm. Back then, That's when he was recording, yeah, he was just, like, an amazing analyst. Amazing. Like whenever I feel like I want to feel smart, I just listen to him and say what he said. But, um, yeah, I but yeah part, so I, it's, just a, <laughs> it's just a complicated situation. Like, I personally think that a good win by Whitaker, even a not-so-good win, but, like, if he wins decisively, I don't really see anyone else. I don't know how you feel about that.
2: Going to go to the live chat real quick. Joseph says, if Whitaker wins, he should, just as one of our day oneers, so shout out to Joseph. If Whitaker wins, he should get Adesanya. All signs point that Izzy doesn't want the rematch. I kind of get it from Izzy's point of view. I doubt he is intimidated by Whitaker or fears that it'll go differently a second time. I just think Adesanya really knows what he wants out of his legacy. And I think he probably considers a Whitaker rematch at this point kind of a sidestep. Um, he, 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 I I, I seem, I seem, at least Izzy seems like he has a very meticulous game plan of what he wants to achieve in the sport. And that includes clearing out the entire division. I, I'm not sure he sees Robert Whitaker right now after the first fight was so one-sided as a guy he needs to prove he can beat again. I think it might just feel like wasted time. Now, if let's say Adesanya gets a couple more title wins, Whitaker continues a winning streak. And it's really a big deal. Like, oh, it could be different this time. I think Adesanya would be down for that rematch. Um, and Joseph also wants to ask about our thoughts on the ongoing pissing contest between Connor and Dana. Uh, Joseph, we did talk about it near the top of the show. You might want to rewind yeah. after. But um, actually, to up to kind of go off of that, Brian Campbell over at Morning Combat, CBS Sports, Showtime, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, had a theory that the reason Connor is sort of Holding to all of dana's demands regarding the contingencies on this fight is that and this is completely a theory that dana white is going to announce a zufa boxing match between conor mcgregor and manny pacquiao dependent on you know conor going through with this fight with dustin poyer i don't know if it's true <laughs> no one knows if it's true but you know interesting <laughs> Fernanda's not a fan
3: <laughs> no i don't. i hear zufa boxing and like i sign out like
2: <laughs> no that's totally
3: but yeah. sorry that's that's a valid argument uh i'm interested and intrigued interesting theory but,
2: interesting theory
3: yeah it's an interesting theory i'll say that but like i'm just i'm peeved by both Zufa boxing and MMA fighters and boxers yes, at this point which like, just the that. general concept unless it's Clarissa Shields and Amanda Nunes then I can I can roll with that
2: yeah that's that's fair <laughs> I like that um sound of violence says cannoneer is currently a minus 110 favorite over Whitaker's plus okay, 100 which you. is super weird to me weird. um I would those <laughs> to odds, but please don't go off of my gambling advice And TV wants to know how much is left. I'm not sure what you mean by that, but, you know, uh, let me know and we will answer your question the best of our abilities. Now, while we got everyone's attention, last time I'm going to ask, subscribe, hit like, tap the notification bell. That's my three times per show quota. Really appreciate you guys being so active today. This might be the most active live chat we've ever had you care to donate to the super it's chat my presence. really it, it truly it is truly it is nick baldwin <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna out nick baldwin of the score here he's like hey Shaq, i was gonna ask you when are you gonna invite me onto the show and then i saw that you had shaheen al shadi and i realized i had no chance i'm like nick we're gonna get to you but right now i need to leverage i need to leech off the star <laughs> power of the likes of shaheen al shadi and fernanda Pratish. Uh. And Aaron Braunstetter and James Lynch. I gotta really shoot up right now to get this thing off the ground, but Nicky B is on the way and it will be a disaster because him and I have no chemistry and that's why I love him so much.
3: Really? Now do. Oh we do. We now do I have to watch.
2: Together. I just love Nick. I just love Nick. I um, love Nick okay, too. last point. I mean you. he's
3: a child and youth
2: bothers it's me so fascinating. Sorry. He's truly a child. <laughs> like he got into this industry <laughs> when he was like a prepubescent teen. And he's tall. Yep. Don't let his, like, rosy cheeks and I don't know if you've ever met Nick in person. Don't let his rosy cheeks yeah. and his we hung out in baby face fool you. The man is tall. He towers over yep. me. It's insane. <laughs> it he insane.
3: looks like an adult in person and he's <laughs> awesome. But I do not like accomplished young people because I'm an uh, 30, uh, unaccomplished 31-year-old. So it makes me feel bad. And that's entirely more of a me thing than a damn thing. But yeah. yes. Ooh, sound me. of violence.
2: Love says, Shout out to Nick of <laughs> MMA circus fame. That is an old school reference and I like that. <laughs> and Joseph says, as far as I know, all fights are still on for tomorrow, despite having three backup fighters weigh in early this morning. That is true. Um although there is a rumor that one of Ion Kutelaba's cornermen might have tested positive for COVID. I think please don't go off that I just I remember hearing it briefly on Morning Combat. Yeah. I don't know. But that'd be so funny. Uh, I'd, be no, so no, I'd be so sad. I was up so <laughs> late last night. Like, please just show up to the scale. Ah, no. Why are you taking so long to do this? Um, uh. And Laguzzi wants to know how much time left for Habib's fight. Um, oh. <clears throat> I mean, I, he, he's weird. He, like, not, not he's weird, but retirement at 30-0 was a thing that even he seems to be sort of conflicted about right now. One minute, he's like, yeah, that's the plan. One minute, he's like, why are you guys asking me about my retirement? Um, Which, if I were... Because he he did tell an interviewer that, like, why do you guys keep asking me about my retirement? Well, with all due respect, respect, Habib, you may go down as the single greatest UFC fighter of all time. And I think people <laughs> want to know how long they can appreciate and enjoy your art for. Um what do you guys think? And
3: he's the kind of guy, like, when he says, like, I'm going to retire, we're going to believe him. Like, he doesn't him. seem like the yes. kind of person who's just yes. going to throw that out there. And that, and also, he looks like the kind, like, if he has said, I'm not fighting anymore, I'm done, I would be like, yeah, that makes sense. And if he fights for another five years, I'm going to be like, yeah, that makes sense.
2: Yeah. Um, wow, we got a lot of questions today, which I love. So it might go a minute or two over if that's okay with you, Nanda.
3: Yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: Um, uh, sound of violence. Oh, sorry, no, Laguzi also wants to know, how do you think Habib and Justin Gaethje win their fights? I am no analyst. Uh, far from it. I think Justin... I, I, I think Habib's too safe and too deliberate to get caught early. If anything, I imagine Habib uh, Justin will win a war of attrition on the feet. You know, Habib's style is very uh, endurance-heavy. It's very taxing. He often takes round three off to sort of refill that gas tank. Um and it's possible that he had a rough weight cut. Read into that towel situation as much or as little as you'd like. And I think for Habib, it's going to be its the same way it always is. He's got to get Justin grounded, and eventually he will get a submission or a decision. What about you? What do you think?
3: I'm... Um- terrible at breaking down fights i have to like i'm a terrible analyst 10 years into this and i haven't learned so i pretty much i think it's done <laughs> <laughs> like i think that's not a skill i'm gonna pick up on but um i would say like and that's the thing with habib right we know exactly what he's gonna try to do and it's all a matter of it, how quickly is he gonna be able to get it done and this i think i think because Gage is like just severe and will and obviously has the wrestling credentials um I think the first round might be more problematic for Habib than other fights but I do think ultimately he's just gonna do like what he does like just the pressure is gonna be too much and he's gonna Habib Gaichi. Like, basically. And I know it's lazy and uninspired, but it's what I can offer.
2: Yeah, no, I understand that. <laughs> there are so many more capable analysts than us when it comes to the fight game itself. Luke Thomas, Dan Hardy, So yeah. There's a million of them. We are not those people. Yeah. Uh, Bad jokes, though. Jokes. I'm your girl. Yeah. Look, I'm, tur- I'm basically turning this YouTube channel when I'm not <laughs> on it into, like, a React channel or, or a storytelling channel yeah. for fire self-crazy shit. So if you want entertainment and slapstick, go to Brian Campbell and then come to me. In that order. Uh, but that's what we can offer you here. And Joseph, last question says, Would it be crazy if Habib versus Justin happened and they had Chandler fly halfway across the world basically for nothing? Uh, no, I think it makes total sense. One, you needed this backup because this is such a big... This isn't just any pay-per-view card. This is the biggest card of the year. And so you needed to have that main event. You can't have... Habib, such a big global star right now. Um, it may not always feel that way in North America, but he's got a huge following. And on top of that, I think this is actually really, really good promo for Michael Chandler. And, and this is how you get a new fighter who you think could be a top five, top ten guy into as many eyeballs as possible. There is no other circumstance under which Michael Chandler would have gotten this much press attention. He's there for the biggest fight of the year. His name is tied with the two hat champions, and he's getting media time. So I think it's a win-win for Chandler either way.
3: I agree with you. And it's interesting because I've heard a lot of the, oh, the UFC, like when a fight falls through, especially a big fight, like, oh, the UFC should have backups for all of them. That's impossible. Mm-hmm. We know that. But if you're going to have a backup for any fight, this is the fight to have a backup for. And I'm uh, totally on board with you there with Chandler because that's the thing, right? Uh, we know who Chandler is. Uh he was really attached to the Bellator image for a really long time. We know he's a great fighter, uh, but I don't, you know, Tony Ferguson joked and of course it was an exaggeration about like how Chandler has, I don't know, a hundred thousand Twitter followers or something, but that's the reality of it, right? How many people outside of our MMA bubble are going to react to Michael Chandler's name the minute we say it. Mm-hmm. So this is an opportunity totally there there with you of introducing him um, just make getting himself out there. So yeah, I think it makes it's just whatever happens. It's just like makes perfect sense.
2: Okay. And that is our, mm, We are, you know, okay. Well, we'll get to it super quick. The last thing on UFC two fifty four mm. is and let's just keep this yes or no. Cause we don't have a whole lot of time to get into it. Coming off that Alistair Overeem loss is Alexander Volkov too big of a step up for walt harris right now until we see where he's at
3: yes or no with pressure okay i'm just gonna answer uh, heavyweights
2: they can happen <laughs>
3: Heavyweight. <weight. laughs> the short answer to me is like no i would say volkov i'm picking him i think he's just a superior fighter technically in the striking department which is where Harris kind of like sees himself mm-hmm. as uh, a highlight like where he sort of believes he exceeds but um yeah I just I think Volkov is the favorite, but no, I don't think that's a a bi- such a big undertaking for Harris. I wouldn't be surprised if he won.
2: Yeah, well, I the way I look at it is Volkov's only two losses in recent memory are Curtis Blades and Derek Lewis, and he was winning ninety nine point nine percent of the of Lewis. Lewis fight. And Blades is one of the top three guys in the division. Walt looked good early against Alistair Overeem, but the man has been through so much. I would love to see him yeah. get a bit of a gimme fight. just like He's doing so much advocacy right now, too, outside of the UFC. It's clear that his attention is rightfully split. Um, I would have liked to see that him get an easier fight than a main card spot on the biggest pay per of the year against a guy who he probably should be the underdog against. I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit of a disservice to him, but if he wins, it'll be... So cathartic, and I'm 100% rooting for him. Okay, last thing, Nanda. And this is the first time I've given the guest a chance to prepare for this because it's been a disaster every time I haven't. Do you have an embarrassing story locked and ready to go?
3: It's not a story, it's a fact. Okay, wait. That might my, my ruin my career.
2: Okay, well, okay, so we're I've gonna talked flip about a it. I'm joking. But... <laughs> okay, we're going to flip a coin. You call it if you win. I tell a story. If you lose, you tell a story. Deal?
3: Oh, okay. Okay. I'm going to give you
2: an out here because okay. I need you to come back in like a couple months and do this again. So I don't want to okay. drain you okay, of all perfect. your good stories. Okay. Heads or tails?
3: Mm-hmm, that makes sense. Tails.
2: Ah, it's tails. Okay. Uh, I keep losing these <laughs> and I am going to i don't know how long this segment is going to survive if I keep having to tell my stories. So I'm not going to go embarrassing, but I'm going to go with one of the most disappointing moments in my media career. It was UFC 244, New York, uh, Masvidal, Diaz, Donald Trump in the house, The Rock in the house. And uh, I want to say it was maybe Thursday it was media day, something like that. And afterwards, I was with the Submission Radio guys. Shout out to Casper and Dennis. Truly the nicest people in MMA media. Yeah. And awesome. they said that it, they were incredibly so, smart, too. Incredibly smart. They work so hard. They're just the total package. And they said, hey, we're, gonna go, we're going to Hooters to upload our content. It was the closest place with food and Wi-Fi. Now, they didn't say, they did not invite me, but even at the time, I kind of knew it was implied, like, you're welcome to tag along. But it was my second time meeting them. I didn't want to overstep. It's that Canadian kindness that I got in my soul. And so since I didn't get a formal invitation, I didn't want to insert myself into, the, into their date, so to speak. So I go to the nearby sub- the subway station under Madison Square Garden. I sit on the floor, fending off, you know, trying to keep my conversations with the homeless population brief because I really need to get these videos <laughs> up. Um, and then I'm happy to talk for as long as they'd like. Um, so I'm sitting on the floor of a subway station uploading my content while those guys are at Hooters enjoying some wings, getting their work done. And I didn't think too much of it. Until I look on Instagram and they have a photo with Hot Ones Sean Evans, one of my favorite interviewers in any medium, and I fucking kicked myself to this day. Like I would have killed to meet Sean. I don't fanboy much, but I would have killed to meet Sean Evans, and I didn't go when I knew I had the opportunity and I was welcome to go, and I'm sitting here on a subway station floor while they're chit-chatting with my idol. Also sean evans you eat hot wings for a living why are you at hooters <laughs> <laughs> that,
3: that was the part that was kind of like hmm. i mean i'm a vegetarian but like i know enough about the ways of the world to be yeah. shocked by this this affirmation i'm so sorry for, i can right. i can, i could feel the heartbreak in your voice as you retold it so yeah, I, I can I really I truly imagine was. living it
2: yeah. the only thing that upset me more is if i missed a chance to meet david tennant from doctor who but that's a separate conversation. Okay, Fernanda, you got off <laughs> scot free this time, yes. but next time I imagine okay.
3: people are like, "What is this so embarrassing thing that like would career our ruining?" Year? That's that's
2: that's the sort of hook you want to keep people on. So they tune in week yeah. after week. So Stay tuned
3: for, for next time.
2: Yes. All right, next guys. Uh, Drake Riggs last comment. He says, "Legendary fight week." Truly, thank you for tuning in, buddy. Love the work you do. Please go check Drake out on Twitter if you don't already. Fernanda, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything you want to leave people with before I do the outro?
3: Uh, no, thank you for having me. Uh, if you want to check out my work, like just quick plug, I'm at Fanbyte. Um, I do pre fight guides that are absolutely insane. And if you're insane too, you might like them. I have a podcast uh, called Bass Camp of My Life. It just started two episodes in. So you can catch it early on and say you were a fan before I get super yes. famous. Yes. And I'm on Twitter at Nanda Pratches underscore. So...
2: That's it. Day one for the win. All right, guys. Fightful MMA. Subscribe, hit like, tap the notification bell. Tune in next week. We'll have timestamps up as quickly as we can get it. It'll be on audio platforms as soon as we can get it up. Stay safe, guys. Enjoy this awesome fight week. We don't always get them, but this is truly a great one. Peace out.